Section 22 of the Aeneid. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Aeneid by Virgil. Translated by J. W. McHale. Book 11th. The Council of the Latins and the Life and Death of Camilla. Part 2. Thus they one with another strove together in uncertainty. Aeneas moved from his camp to battle. Lo, a messenger rushes spreading confusion through the royal house, and fills the town with great alarms. The Tecrians, ranged in battle line with the Tyrrhene forces, are marching down by the Tiber River and filling the plain. Immediately spirits are stirred and hearts shaken, and wrath roused in fierce excitement among the crowd. Hurrying hands grasp at arms, for arms their young men clamor. The fathers shed tears and mutter gloomily. With that a great noise rises aloft in diverse contention, even as when flocks of birds haply settle on a lofty grove, or swans utter their hoarse cry among the vocal pools on the fish-filled river of Pedusa. Yes, citizens, cries Turnus, seizing his time, gather in council and sit praising peace, while they rush on dominion in arms. Without more words he sprung up and issued swiftly from the high halls. Thou, Volusus, he cries, bid the Volscian battalions arm, and lead out the Rutilians. Messapus and Chorus with thy brother, spread your armed cavalry widely over the plain. Let a division entrench the city gates and man the towers. The rest of our array attack with me where I command. The whole town goes rushing to the walls. Lord Latinus himself, dismayed by the woeful emergency, quits the council and puts off his high designs, and chides himself sorely for not having given Aeneas unasked welcome, and made him son and bulwark of the city. Some entrench the gates, or bring up supply of stones and poles. The hoarse clarion utters the ensanguined note of war. A motley ring of boys and matrons girdle the walls. Therewithal the queen with a crown of mothers ascends bearing gifts to Pallas's towered temple, and by her side goes maiden Lavinia, source of all that woe, her beautiful eyes cast down. The mothers enter in, and while the temple steams with their incense, pour from the high doorway their mournful cry, Maiden, armipotent, Tritonian, sovereign of war, break with thine hand the spear of the Phrygian plunderer, hurl him prone to earth, and dash him down beneath our lofty gates. Turnus arrays himself in hot haste for battle, and even now hath done on his sparkling breastplate with its flickering scales of brass, and clasped his golden greaves, his brows yet bare and his sword buckled to his side. He runs down from the fortress, height glittering in gold, and exultantly anticipates the foe. Thus when a horse snaps his tether, and free at last rushes from the stalls and gains the open plain, he either darts towards the pastures of the herded mares, or bathing, as is his wont, in the familiar river waters, dashes out, and neighs with neck stretched high, glorying, and his mane tosses over collar and shoulder. Camilla with her Volscian array meets him face to face in the gateway. The princess leaps from her horse, and all her squadron at her example slide from horseback to the ground. Then she speaks thus. Turnus, if bravery hath any just self-confidence, I dare and promise to engage Aeneas's cavalry, and advance to meet the Tyrene horse. Permit my hand to try war's first perils. Do thou on foot keep by the walls and guard the city. To this Turnus, with eyes fixed on the terrible maiden, O maiden flower of Italy, how may I essay to express, how to prove my gratitude? 
but now since that spirit of thine excels all praise share thou the toil with me aeneas as the report of the scout i sent assures hath sent on his light-armed horse to annoy us and scour the plains himself he marches on the city across the lonely ridge of the mountain steep i am arranging a stratagem of war in his pathway on the wooded slope to block a gorge on the high road with armed troops do thou receive and join battle with the tyrene cavalry with thee shall be gallant mesippus the latin squadrons and tiburtus's division do thou likewise assume a captain's charge so speaks he and with like words heartens mesippus and the allied captains to battle and advances towards the enemy there is a sweeping curve of glen made for ambushes and devices of arms dark thick foliage hems it in on either hand and into it a bare footpath leads by a narrow gorge and difficult entrance right above it on the watch-towers of the hilltop lies an unexpected level hidden away in shelter whether one would charge from right and left or stand on the ridge and roll down heavy stones hither he passes by a line of way he knew and seizing his ground occupies the treacherous woods meanwhile in the heavenly dwellings latona's daughter addressed fleet opus one of her maiden fellowship and sacred band and sadly uttered these accents camilla moves to fierce war o maiden and vainly girds on our arms dear as she is beyond others to me for her love of diana is not newly born nor her spirit stirred by the sudden affection driven from his kingdom through jealousy of his haughty power metabus left ancient privernum town and bore his infant with him in his flight through war and battle the companion of his exile and called her by her mother casmilla's name with a little change camilla carrying her before him on his breast he sought a long ridge of lonely woodland on all sides angry weapons pressed on him and volscian soldiery spread hurrying round about though in mid-flight swollen amasinus ran foaming with banks abrim so heavily had the clouds burst in rain he would swim it but love of the infant holds him back in alarm for so dear a burden inly revolving all he settled reluctantly on a sudden resolve the great spear that the warrior haply carried in his stout hand of hard-knotted and seasoned oak to it he ties his daughter swathed in cork-tree bark of the woodland and binds her balanced round the middle of the spear poising it in his great right hand he thus cries aloft gracious one haunter of the woodland maiden daughter of latona a father devotes this babe to thy service thine is this weapon she holds thine infant suppliant flying through the air from her enemies accept her i implore o goddess for thine own whom now i entrust to the chance of air he spoke and drawing back his arm darts the spinning spear shaft the waters roar over the racing river poor camilla shoots on the whistling weapon but metabus as a strong band now presses nigher plunges into the river and triumphantly pulls spear and girl his gift to trivia from the grassy turf no cities ever received him within house or rampart nor had his savagery submitted to it he led his life on the lonely pastoral hills here he nursed his daughter in the underwood among tangled coverts on the milk of a wild brood mare's teats squeezing the udder into her tender lips and so soon as the baby stood and went straight on her feet he armed her hands with a sharp javelin and hung quiver and bow from her little shoulders instead of gold to clasp her tresses instead of the long-skirted gown a tiger's spoils hang down her back 
even then her tender hand hurled childish darts and whirled about her head the twisted thong of her sling and struck down the crane from stearmun or the milk-white swan many a mother among tyrrhenian towns destined her for their sons in vain content with diana alone she keeps unsoiled forever the love of her darts and maidenhood would she had not plunged thus into warfare and provoked the trojans by attack so were she now dear to me and one of my company but since bitter doom is upon her up glide from heaven o nymph and seek the latin borders where under evil omen they join in baleful battle take these and draw from the quiver an avenging shaft by it shall he pay me forfeit of his blood whoso trojan or italian alike shall sully her sacred body with a wound thereafter will i in a sheltering cloud bear body and armor of the hapless girl unspoiled to the tomb and lay them in her native land she spoke but the other sped lightly down the airy sky girt about with dark whirlwind on her echoing way but meanwhile the trojan force nears the walls with the etruscan captains and their whole cavalry arrayed in ordered squadrons their horses trampling hoofs thunder on all the field as swerving this way and that they chafe at the rain's pressure the iron field bristles wide with spears and the plain is aflame with uplifted arms likewise mesippus and the latin horse and chorus and his brother and maiden camilla's squadron come forth against them on the plain and draw back their hands and level the flickering points of their long lances in a fire of neighing horses and advancing men and now each had drawn within javelin cast of each and drew up with a sudden shout they dart forth and urge on their furious horses from all sides at once weapons shower thick like snow and veil the sky with their shadow in a moment tyrannus and fiery acontius charge violently with crossing spears and are the first to fall they go down with a heavy crash and their beasts break and shatter chest upon chest acontius hurled off like a thunderbolt or some mass slung from an engine is dashed away and scatters his life in air immediately the lines waver and the latins wheeling about throw their shields behind them and turn their horses towards the town the trojans pursue asylus heads and leads on their squadrons and now they drew nigh the gates and again the latins raise a shout and wheel their supple necks about the pursuers fly and gallop right back with loosened rein as when the sea running up in ebb and flow now rushes shoreward and strikes over the cliffs in a wave of foam drenching the edge of the sand in its curving sweep now runs swirling back and the surge sucks the rolling stones away twice the tuscans turn and drive the rutilians toward the town twice they are repelled and look back behind them from cover of their shields but when now meeting in a third encounter the lines are locked together all their length and man singles out his man then indeed amid groans of the dying deep in blood roll armor and bodies and horses half slain mixed up with slaughtered men the battle swells fierce orsilochus hurled his spear at the horse of remulus who himself he shrank to meet and left the steel in it under the ear at the stroke the charger rears madly and mastered by the wound lifts his chest and flings up his legs the rider is thrown and rolls over on the ground catillus strikes down iolus and herminius mighty in courage mighty in limbs and arms bareheaded tawny-haired bare-shouldered undismayed by wounds he leaves his vast body open against arms through his broad shoulders the quivering spear runs piercing him through and doubles him up with pain everywhere the dark blood flows they deal death with the sword in battle and seek a noble death by wounds 
but amid the slaughter camilla rages a quivered amazon with one side stripped for battle and now sends tough javelins showering from her hand now snatches the strong battle-axe in her unwearying grasp the golden bow the armor of diana clashes on her shoulders and even when forced backward in retreat she turns in flight and aims darts from her bow but around her are her chosen comrades maiden larina tulla tarpia brandishing an axe inlaid with bronze girls of italy whom camilla the bright chose for her own escort good at service in peace and war even as thracian amazons when the streams of thermodon clash beneath them as they go to war in painted arms whether around hippolyte or while martial penthesilea returns in her chariot and the crescent shielded columns of women dance with loud confused cry whom first whom last fierce maiden does thy dart strike down first aeneas son of clytius for as he meets her the long fur shaft crashes through his open breast he falls spouting streams of blood and bites the gory ground and dying writhes himself upon his wound then lyris and pagasus above him who fall headlong and together the one thrown as he reins up his horse stabbed under him the other while he runs forward and stretches his unarmed hand to stay his fall to these she joins amastrus son of hippotus and follows from far with her spear tereus and harpalycus and demophon and chromis and as many darts as the maiden sends whirling from her hand so many phrygians fall ornatus the hunter rides near in strange arms on his ipagian horse his broad warrior's shoulders swathed in the hide stripped from a bullock his head covered by a wolf's wide grinning mouth and white tusked jaws a rustic pike arms his hand himself he moves amid the squadrons a full head over all catching him up for that was easy amid the rout she runs him through and thus cries above her enemy thou wert hunting wild beasts in the forest thoughtest thou tyrrhenian the day is come for a woman's arms to refute thy words yet no light fame shalt thou carry to thy father's ghosts to have fallen under the weapon of camilla next orsilochus and butes the two mightiest of mould among the tecrians butes she pierces in the back with her spear-point between corslet and helmet where the neck shews as he sits and the shield hangs from his left shoulder orsilochus she flies and darting in a wide circle slips into the inner ring and pursues her pursuer then rising her full height she drives the strong axe deep through the armor and bone as he pleads and makes much entreaty warm brain from the wound splashes his face one met her thus and hung startled by the sudden sight the warrior son of anuus haunter of the Eponine, not the meanest in liguria while fate allowed him to deceive and he when he discerns that no fleetness of foot may now save him from battle or turn the princess from pursuit essays to wind a subtle device of treachery and thus begins how hast thou glory if a woman trust in her horse's strength debar retreat trust thyself to level ground at close quarters with me and prepare to fight on foot soon wilt thou know how windy boasting brings one to harm he spoke but she furious and stung with fiery indignation hands her horse to an attendant and takes her stand in equal arms on foot and undismayed with naked sword and shield unemblazoned but he thinking his craft had won the day himself flies off on the instant and turning his rein darts off in flight pricking his beast to speed with iron-armed heel false ligurian in vain elated in thy pride for naught hast thou attempted thy slippery native arts nor will thy craft bring thee home unhurt to treacherous anuus 
so speaks the maiden and with running feet swift as fire crosses his horse and catching the bridle meets him in front and takes her vengeance in her enemy's blood as lightly as the falcon bird of bale swoops down from aloft on a pigeon high in a cloud and pounces on and holds her and disembowels her with taloned feet while blood and torn feathers flutter down the sky but the creator of men and gods sits high on olympus's summit watching this not with eyes unseeing he kindles tyrrhenian tarkon to the fierce battle and sharply goads him on to wrath so tarkon gallops amid the slaughter where his squadrons retreat and urges his troops in changing tones calling man on man by name and rallies the flyers to fight what terror what utter cowardice hath fallen on your spirits o oh, never to be stung to shame o oh, slack alway a woman drives you in disorder and routs our ranks why where we steal for what are these idle weapons in our hands yet not slack in venus's service and wars by night or when the curving flute proclaims bacchus revels to look forward to the feast and the cups on the loaded board this your passion this your desire till the soothsayer pronounce the offering favorable and the fatted victim invite you to the deep groves so speaking he spurs his horse into the midmost ready himself to die and bears violently down full on venulus and tearing him from horseback grasps his enemy and carries him away with him on the saddle bow by main force a cry rises up and all the latins turn their eyes tarkon flies like fire over the plain carrying the armed man and breaks off the steel head from his own spear and searches the uncovered places trying where he may deal the mortal blow the other struggling against him keeps his hand off his throat and strongly parries his attack and as when a golden eagle snatches and soars with a serpent in its clutch and his feet are fast in it and his talons cling but the wounded snake writhes in coiling spires and its scales rise and roughen and its mouth hisses as it towers upward the bird none the less attacks his struggling prize with crooked beak while his vans beat the air even so tarkon carries tabertus out of the ranks triumphant in his prize following their captain's example and issue the men of maonia charge in then aruns due to his doom circles in advance of fleet camilla with artful javelin and tries how fortune may be easiest where the maiden darts furious amid the ranks there aruns slips up and silently tracks her footsteps where she returns victorious and retires from amid the enemy there he stealthily bends his rapid reins here he approaches and here again he approaches and strays all round and about and untiringly shakes his certain spear haply chlorius sacred to sibyl and once her priest glittered afar splendid in phrygian armor a skin feathered with brazen scales and clasped with gold clothed the horse that foamed under his spur himself he shone in foreign blue and scarlet with fleet gortinian shafts and a lycian horn a golden bow was on his shoulder and the soothsayer's helmet was of gold red gold knotted up his yellow scarf with its rustling lawny folds his tunics and barbarian trousers were wrought in needlework him whether that she might nail armor of troy on her temples or herself mauve in captive gold the maiden pursued in blind chase alone of all the battle conflict and down the whole line reckless and fired by a woman's passion for spoils and plunder when at last out of his ambush aruns chooses his time and darts his javelin praying thus aloud to the heaven apollo most high of gods holy soracte's warder to whom we beyond all do worship for whom the blaze of the pinewood heap is fed where we thy worshippers in pious faith print our steps amid the deep embers of the fire grant o lord omnipotent that our arms wipe off this disgrace i seek not the dress the maiden wore nor trophy or any spoil of victory other deeds shall bring me praise 
let but this dread scourge fall stricken beneath my wound i will return inglorious to my native towns phoebus heard and inly granted half his vow to prosper half he shred into the flying breezes to surprise and strike down camilla in sudden death this he yielded to his prayer that his high home might see his return he gave not and a gust swept off his accents on the gale so when the spear sped from his hand hurtled through the air all the volscians marked it well and turned their eyes on the queen and she alone knew not wind or sound of the weapon on its airy path till the spear passed home and sank where her breast met it and driven deep drank her maiden blood her companions ran hastily up and catched their sinking mistress Aaron's takes to flight more alarmed than all in mingled fear and exultation and no longer dares to trust his spear or face the maiden's weapons and as the wolf some shepherd or great bullock slain plunges at once among the trackless mountain heights ere hostile darts are in pursuit and knows even so does Aaron's withdraw from sight in dismay and satisfied to escape mingles in the throng of arms the dying woman pulls at the weapon with her hand but the iron head is fixed deep in the wound up between the rib bones she swoons away with loss of blood chilling in death her eyes swoon away the once lustrous color leaves her face then gasping she thus accosts acca one of her birthmates who alone before all was true to camilla with whom her cares were divided and even so she speaks thus far acca my sister have i availed now the bitter wound overmasters me and all about me darkens in haze haste away and carry to turnus my last message to take my place in battle and repel the trojans from the town and now good-bye even with the word she dropped the reins and slid to the ground unconscious then the unnerving chill overspread her her neck slackened her head sank overpowered by death and her arms fell and with a moan the life fled indignant into the dark then indeed an infinite cry rises and smites the golden stars the battle grows bloodier now camilla is down at once in serried rants all the tecrean forces pour in with the terrene captains and evander's arcadian squadrons but opus trivius sentinel long ere now sits high on the hilltops gazing on the battle undismayed and when afar amid the din of angry men she espied camilla done woefully to death she sighed and uttered forth a deep cry ah too too cruel o maiden the forfeit thou hast paid for daring armed attack on the tucreans and nothing hath availed thee thy lonely following of diana in the woodlands nor wearing our quiver on thy shoulder yet thy queen hath not left thee unhonored now thy latter end is come nor will this thy death be unnamed among the nations nor shalt thou bear the fame of one unavenged for whosoever hath sullied thy body with a wound shall pay death for due under the mountain height was a great earthen mound tomb of discernus a laurentine king of old shrouded in shadowy ilix hither the goddess most beautiful first swoops down and marks errands from the mounded height as she saw him glittering in arms and idly exultant why she cries wanderest thou away hitherward direct thy steps come hither to thy doom to receive thy fit reward for camilla shalt thou die and buy diana's weapons the thracian spoke and slid out a fleet arrow from her gilded quiver and stretched it level on the bow and drew it far till the curving tips met one another and now her hands touched in counterpoise the left the steel edge the string in the right her breast at once and in a moment aaron's heard the whistle of the dart and the resounding air as the steel sank in his body his comrades leave him forgotten on the unknown dust of the plain moaning his last and gasping his life away 
opus wings her flight to the skyey heaven at once the light squadron of camilla retreat now they have lost their mistress the rutulians retreat in confusion brave atenas retreats scattered captains in thin companies make for safety and turn their horses backward to the town nor does any avail to make stand against the swarming death-dealing tecreans or bear their shock in arms but their unstrung bows droop on their shoulders and the four-footed galloping horse hoof shakes the crumbling plain the eddying dust rolls up thick and black towards the walls and on the watch-towers mothers beat their breasts and the cries of women rise up to heaven on such as first in the rout broke in at the open gates the mingling hostile throng follows hard nor do they escape death alas but in the very gateway within their native city and amid their sheltering homes they are pierced through and gasp out their life some shut the gates and dare not open to their pleading comrades nor receive them in the town and a most pitiful slaughter begins between armed men who guard the entry and others who rush upon their arms barred out before their weeping parents eyes and faces some swept on by the rout roll headlong into the trenches some blindly rushing with loosened rein batter at the gates and stiffly bolted doorway the very mothers from the walls in eager heat true love of country points the way when they see camilla dart weapons with shaking hand and eagerly make hard stocks of wood and fire-hardened poles serve for steel and burn to die among the foremost for their city's sake meanwhile among the forests the terrible news pours in on turnus and acca brings him news of the mighty invasion the volscian lines are destroyed camilla is fallen the enemy thicken and press on and have swept all before them down the tide of battle raging he leaves the hills he had beset jove's stern will ordains it so and quits the rough woodland scarcely had he marched out of sight and gained the plain when the lord aeneas enters the open defiles surmounts the ridge and issues from the dim forest so both advanced swiftly to the town with all their columns no long marching apart and at once aeneas descried afar the plains all smoking with dust and saw the laurentine columns and turnus knew aeneas terrible in arms and heard the advancing feet and the neighing of the horses and straightway would they join battle and essay the conflict but that ruddy phoebus even now dips his weary coursers in the iberian flood and night draws on over the fading day they encamp before the city and draw their trenches round the walls. End of section 22